This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Welcome to All Possibilities. I'm so glad that you could join us today. I'm here with Tanya Alvarez, who is the founder of Owners Up. I consider her a friend and a mentor, and I'm so glad that she could be on the show today. Tanya, it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Julie, for having me. So excited. So today's episode, we're going to learn a little bit more about Tanya and what she does, and also dive into a purpose reading that I did for her a little over a year ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long. And um, and so I'm excited to see how it has impacted her um, during that time. And I'm excited for you guys to have a, an inside look at what a purpose reading entails. So Tanya, let's start off by having you share with us who you are and what Owners Up is. Great, who am I? Well. <laughs> Um, so I was, uh, born in, I like to say this, born New York, raised in Miami. And I was raised by, uh, my parents got divorced when I was three and I was raised by a single parent and our family or my oldest sister, which is a huge impact on me. She has osteogenesis imperfecta, which is brittle bones. So she's always been in a wheelchair and, but she's such a strong spirit that she doesn't even see herself anywhere as like any limitations. So I've always had this like women power, war, anything's possible around me. And I always think that since I was kind of born, I've been lucky to have a team around me encouraging me. So what I wanted to do, um, that's how Owners Up started. Really, it's, um, I've been, this is my fifth company and I was fortunate enough at the age of 25 going from college debt to over 1 million in revenue the first year and continuing growing that and then selling that company and starting other ones. And people are like, how'd you do that? And especially since my family growing up, we weren't like, we weren't well off. I got into, I got into grade school Wellesley, but it was a lot about scholarships and grants. So what made me become that? And it's similar to the book, um, The Outliers. You always have a team around you, right? Really just encouraging you, supporting you. And with like the entrepreneurs failing 90%, I was like, I was on a mission to change that. So how can entrepreneurs have a, su a success structure so they are able to actually impact the world and achieve their results? And that's how Owners Up started. Amazing. Can you tell us what Owners Up actually does, like in terms of the support that you're talking about? And 
how did you come up with that idea? Like, was there a specific moment in your own entrepreneurial journey when you realized that that you needed, you know, this specific type of support? So that's a great question. Um, I was actually hesitant to start this company, right? And the reason why is uh, the first company, I was able to sell it. The second two, I, I um, invested. And then the fourth, we were raising money. And I actually pulled out of raising the money because I wanted to have more of a life balance, right? And I knew if I was going to take on somebody's money, it was going to be a whole nother level. And I was usually just bootstrapped. And people, entrepreneurs would always come to me for advice and mentorship. But then I was like, oh, I got to build the next technology. That's the next thing. But my passion was really helping entrepreneurs. But I didn't want to be labeled a business coach. How funny is that, right? Ego got involved. And you'll see that in some of the readings that kind of stops me. Like, oh, how do other people um, perceive me? And so what I did is I let go. I decided, like, I really want to make a difference. This is my mission. I don't care what other people think of me. And that's how I started Owners Up. And what Owners Up is, is we basically have um, put entrepreneurs, like-minded entrepreneurs, in groups of five. And we have a facilitator who's helped grow businesses over a million. And they have weekly video calls. That's one part of it. And the second part, component of it, is we built out a software. One is, like, where you actually write down your goals. And what happens with entrepreneurs is we can only do goals with what we know. It's actually what we don't know that moves our company forward, right? And that's when you learn it from other entrepreneurs and business coaches. Then there's another part where it's like a daily wrap-up where you get to review what you're doing in your business. And then we chart that data and show your strength and your weaknesses and where you need to spend your time. And then the last part is really just where your revenue and your metrics are. So imagine that system Every day when you're an isolated entrepreneur, right? And sometimes you're so close to your business and now you have the support system that encourages you and you can see progress. So full disclosure, I was a client of Owners Up. So I really loved the actually being someone who did not have any entrepreneurial experience or business experience, having that structure and system to help me and um, my favorite part was actually the daily wrap-ups, which uh, being someone who loves personal growth and having that time for reflection, um, I found it the most valuable because after a while you look back and you're like, really, did I write that? And, and it's, it, it's almost like you end up coaching yourself or, or like the, your, your past, your, um, like you a month ago ends up coaching you when you're kind of stuck in a rut or facing some obstacles. So at this point, now that I feel like people know a little bit about you, I'd actually love to dive right into the purpose reading because I think it will, um, it will illuminate even more. And, and that's what I love about your purpose in particular. So I'm going to pull up the purpose reading, which for those of you who don't know, is around five or six pages of channeled text about what someone's life purposes, how it has manifested over time, what blocks exist and what actions they can take. And so most of it, as you know, is, is text because I can hear um, basically thought impressions being channeled in and I'm just fully conscious at my laptop typing it all out, um, usually before I even meet the person or, or know anything about the person. 
And, and then every so often I would receive images. I might hear, okay, it's time for an image because images are worth a thousand words. And I'll close my eyes and actually see what feels like streaming video. And these are usually um, metaphors. It's, it's almost like seeing a memory or imagining something, but it, it, it's all meant to convey a certain message. And, and usually it's a very complex and nuanced message. So I will um, uh, eventually share one of the images that I received. And, and then I'd love for you, Tanya, to kind of share how, how listening to um, these words, this reading, if you can bring yourself back to that moment, like when we were actually sitting at your apartment, um, if you can share like what what came up for you? Like, what was it like to have that experience? And, and then just so you are aware, I'm then going to ask you, you know, how has this um, impacted you over time? Because it has been, has been over a year since we've actually done the reading. Mm. So, so I'm going to read um, a, two parts. Um, one is sort of the beginning of the, the purpose reading. And then the second is the image. And and so it goes, so I asked in her Akashic Records, what is her purpose in life? And it says, Tanya's purpose is to be the seer of truth, of detail, of where there can be transformation and where people have put up blocks that prevents themselves from even seeing, all caps, it. Her purpose is to find that nugget of wisdom, of truth, of value, of potential that no one else can see and to help them to bring it into fruition. She has an uncanny ability to zoom into what is actually causing the pain and to see that it may not have anything to do with what a person may be talking about. So that's one excerpt. And now I'm going to scroll down to one of the images that came up for you. And I'll just read this as well. You saw her surrounded by a giant ball of white light, representing the love that she is emitting and the love that the universe is giving her. Then you notice a person next to her, and he was surrounded by a giant ball of dark light, all shadow, grim, and heavy. She continued sitting next to him, still in her own giant ball of white light, and she would poke and prod him nicely, asking, quote, Where is your light? He would respond, and when he did, a small little flicker of light appeared in his ball of darkness. She kept asking again, Where is your light? And he would respond with something else, and that flicker would appear in his field, so that there were now two smaller balls of light. She kept doing this again and again, and allowing for him to reflect and respond so that eventually his ball of darkness had hundreds of little flickering balls of light. 
Finally, she asked him to take a look at himself. And he saw that he already created maybe 99% of the light. And in between, there was still pockets of darkness. He cleared them away, as if wiping away grime. And then his ball of light was 100% white. So I'd love to hear what it was like hearing this the first time and actually hearing it now. And what did it bring up for you in terms of stories, memories, thoughts, emotions? So the first time I heard it, it just really kind of confirmed I was doing what I was meant to do. So like I was saying that before, I was hesitant to actually start a company or be called a business coach. Who the heck cares about what your label is? It's really about the impact you have on others. And I really, I love getting to know people and, and seeing what's blocking them. But, and I, and I, I'm like, oh, wow, people would tell me I, I did it and I did it very quickly and they barely knew me and I got very close to them and understood them. And they were like, how'd you do that? And I was like, oh, what? I'm sure everyone does it. You know, I just thought it was something natural. And when you said it, I really kind of understood. Yeah, this is, I've been doing this. I've been doing this for a while. And I wonder if it's just through some of the challenges and, and everything I've kind of persevered throughout my life, you know, that it ends up just being something you're, you get to. And really kind of when you said that, the emotions of, um, it was an emotion of relief and emotion of kind of happiness that, yeah, I don't have to wonder about what my, my passion is. It's confirmed. It's in me already. And um, the image of the light, like one of my members calls me Tanya the Terminator. And she says it's because I'm so determined to make sure she's going the right path that her heart wants. And like, I'm basically, I help entrepreneurs and that I'm always like able to kind of focus them in the right direction. And she doesn't, that she calls it her loving way, but she knows like when I'm out to, to make sure that she's on path, I'm going to do everything possible. And so when you see that, when it's that, um, urging, like poking at the person saying they're light, like, yeah, that's my kind of like constant, like nudging and continue. And, and then what the best part about it is, um, you know, the whole light, I imagine it, the whole world that they're impacting. And sometimes, you know, when you have so many members and people like you're like, I hope I'm making an impact. And then when you start seeing they're like, let's use that, that whole globe as a light and seeing all the people that they impact, that just makes everything worthwhile. Right. Um, and now listening to it the second time, it, it's like before it was like, yeah, I, I, I know I love what I'm doing. Is this my passion? Yeah. And then listening to the second time is like, yeah, no, definitely. Like whoever thought there was a doubt. Right. So it's interesting to see that. That's incredible. It's like, it, I always find that it is that layer of doubt that, that prevents people from really being fully all out or all in in what they're here to do. And, and even for myself here, my own purpose, it was, it, it was a sense of relief. It was almost like, well, if it's written, 
in the Akashic Records, then surely I'm going to succeed at it. Mm-hmm. And it, it took away that layer of, of fear. So, so that's, that's wonderful that, that you, that you sensed a, a difference in, in where you were over a year ago and where you are now. Yeah. And even like when you're in the mode, like they always, they always, um, people always say, you know, when you're passionate, when you're not like making the, oh, am I hungry? You're just in the zone, right? And even all that knowledge that you know you're in the zone, you're totally happy, you still have doubts. It's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Then you are right when it says like, well, this is what my purpose is. You're just like, okay, I'm going to accept it. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back into um, the reading and kind of unpack it a little bit. So, so in the beginning it said, Tanya's purpose is to be the seer of truth of detail and then later on actually it also is about being seen i don't think we actually covered that that's like somewhere else in the five to six pages (laughs) so so i wanted to hear what it is like and i think you've already talked about being the seer of truth and that's a gift that you have that now you've kind of channeled through um owners up a, a business that you've created what is this, what is it like to be seen for you? Um, so that one, I always have to remind myself and go back to that picture of that individual in the globe and lighting up and um, knowing that I'm a seer of truth. That one is being seen is one of those where in order to impact many, I have to do that. And it's not one of those. Some people love the spotlight, right? Some people want to be known, their life, everything. I'm more of like, I'd rather be behind the scenes. Um, but then what I realize is not sharing my story, I'm not impacting as many. So it's against my purpose. So in order for me to have uh, the courage, I would say, to, to be seen, me and for me, being seen is literally going in front of millions uh, you know, speaking at like really big conferences, um, being on TV. I've been on TV. Being, I was interviewed for one of my companies on um, CNN, and I remember all those lights and everything. And all I wanted to do was just like get out of there. And I'm like, oh my god, I hope this video never like shows up anywhere. And where other people probably would have posted that and sent it everywhere, I was more of like, let's bury this. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it's, it's still one of those things. Now I'm taking it as, um, a challenge. So I'm becoming a yes person. Somebody says, Hey, Tanya, want to do this? Yes, I'll do it. Want to speak in front of thousands? Yes. Want to do like a Facebook live and da da da? Yes. And so against anything of that not being seen and then reminding myself of what that purpose is. Wow. That takes a lot of courage to say yes to those things. (laughs) I want to dive a little deeper into how you got to saying yes in terms of being seen. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about that. We'll be right back. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. 
Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. Find us at the Music Lover Podcast. But remember, that's Music Lover without the vowels. M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes, we're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast. We'll see you there. here with Tanya Alvarez, who is the founder of Owners Up. We were just talking about her company and how uh, her purpose reading went with me and actually how the two really tie in together. So before the break, you had mentioned that you you had this, um, maybe it was a fear or a block of, of being seen on an incredibly large stage. And that you gathered the courage to actually say yes to all of these opportunities. How did you get to that point of being able to say yes? And what was that, uh, what was that process like for you? Saying yes. Oh boy, that was a fun journey. So there's other things I say yes to. And when it comes to like physical things, like skydiving, half Ironman, like sign me up, you know, and I'm terrified doing it, but I always enroll somebody else to go with me. So that goes back to always having a team around you of support. But this one, I couldn't enroll anybody to be there with me, right? Because I'm speaking and that's where the block was. So any challenge I did, like if you said, hey, Tanya, let's do this like a 30 day meditation challenge. And I'm like, oh, well, come on, Julie, we'll do it together, you know? And then I'm excited I can do it. We kind of like encourage one another. But by yourself, you know, spotlights on you, what are you going to do? So what I just decided, like at that point, I was like, okay, I can continue letting my fear get to me and then wonder what if. Or I can, and then I really get present to what is it that I really want to do and who am I really wanting to impact? And how do I do this in a level that, and a bigger scalable level? And the answer is being seen. So literally when I say yes, I'm literally like nervous. I kind of like, (laughs) I go into my, oh no, why did I do that? I doubt myself. And then I kind of put myself back up. And then right when it's supposed to happen, I'm like, all right, this is it. That's how it's going to be. Let's see how it goes. And then as you start doing it more and more, it's like you're less scared. You know, so all of a sudden you're speaking in front of like, I don't know, five, ten, hundred. Now there's lights and just it just goes away. So any fear after practice, it's done. It goes away. But you have to have the courage to maintain those first steps. And though the first steps are the it's the biggest fear. It's like, yeah, terrifying. <laughs> wise words. So you had talked about your interview on TV with CNN. I feel like that's probably, you know, step number, whatever, 100 in terms of of your progress. What was the very first step 
where, and it, it may not actually relate to your business. It may relate to, you know, your general life. Um, what was the first step where you felt like you were being seen and you were, and you noticed that it made you feel uncomfortable or, or it prevented you from being you? I think growing up, I always wanted to blend in. So what that means is like in college, you know, I was a minority <laughs> um, in my first uh, company. It's a male dominated industry, um, performance based marketing. And I was one of the few females and then the few females I was a minority. So everywhere I was, it was kind of like I just wanted to blend in. And so I think that's been the story of my life. Like, how do I blend in? Like, another is like a lot of people didn't have, divorce wasn't as popular back then. It was just starting to get the momentum, right? And, um, you know, and having such an amazing family I have now, like, with in the sense of, um, you know, my oldest sister in a wheelchair, single parent, like my other sister and brother, and we were like a great family. And, but it wasn't according to what other people see as normal, right? So all I wanted to do was blend in. And what I realize is I have my own, uh, I don't know what I realized. I just dived in. There wasn't a realization. There's still sometimes to always want to blend, but then realizing that I need to make an impact. What do you think goes on in your mind or heart, like in terms of your thoughts and emotions when, when you want to blend in? Like, is it, is it based on what you think other people might say about you or how you're perceived or or like what what do you think it is kind of going back to that moment of like being the minority because I can definitely relate to that in terms of my own upbringing of of you know being um being I mean for me it was actually socioeconomic status and knowing that I came from a, a came from a family that didn't have much money in a school that that you had people who had more money than my mind could actually fathom and trying to blend in that way I think it's yeah blending in it's like maybe that's um I'll be found out that I'm not one of them Right. It's kind of like that uh, Sesame Street, Sesame Street song that's like one of these things doesn't look like the other. (laughs) It's like, oh, no, I'm going to be found out. And all I want to do is just have that opportunity and chance. Right. And so that I can achieve or do whatever I need to get done. That's a I like how you phrase that. Because I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that fear of being found out so diving in a little deeper even what do you think would have happened if they whoever they is (laughs) found out this mystical mystical monster um (laughs) you know when you're young you're like oh my god maybe they won't be my friend or maybe they won't like me or maybe I may might be made fun of, right? That's kind of what's um, when you're young. When you're older, um, you just kind of want to have make sure you have the same opportunities. And what happens if they find out? I don't know that you're not in the same socioeconomic. Do you not get those opportunities, right? Um, 
and then yeah, just throughout the whole, I think right now it it was never really now that I'm owners and owners up and being invited to speak. It's the thing of not blending is totally different. It's just it's it's almost like your past still following you, right? And it, mm-hmm. and it's like this make believe ghost around you, and you're just kind of like leave me alone. It doesn't even exist. I don't even care if I'm not friends with these people anymore. But it, so you almost have to tell it to like quiet and just move forward. And that's why you have to be really just aligned with your purpose. So is this something that you do consciously, like on a, on a daily basis or maybe on a moment to moment basis to remind yourself like, this is, this is why I'm doing this. This is, this is all the the times when I, it could have stopped me, but I did it anyway. And it actually became successful like how do you it's almost like I want to dive into your brain and see like what (laughs) what what are the steps that you take to be conscious of that all right so I do uh, I'm very structured person (laughs) and there's a couple of things I do um when I didn't when I had the purpose reading the first six months I would um boomerang it so that every month I would read it and remind myself so in the beginning of a month, I would actually read the whole thing and represents my purpose. Another thing I do is I kind of write, what do I need to be for me to achieve my goals? And then I put it on my fridge. I put it on my bathroom. So, you know, even though um, it might not look new every day, subconsciously, my mind is being reminded of that. And then when I'm going through stuff, I would say that I'm always like, the three things that I have to remind myself of being is audacious, vulnerable, and a leader. And so if I said no to certain things, would an audacious person do that? No. And that's how I always frame myself. I'm like, I, I think about what is my superpower, right? And how is that superpower? Like if they were human, what would they be doing? How would they be acting? And that's how I make all my decisions based on that, not based on the um, scared right in that that won't get me anywhere and then um another thing I do when I'm kind of uh if I'm ever in that negative mode or you know that bad radio station uh that I call (laughs) that nagging kind of like doubtful person um I do three things to get myself out of it to shift where I'm going through one is I write down everything I'm grateful for and I just start writing it down immediately Second thing is I exercise or do some movement or I I put music on and dance already that'll like kick in my endorphins and I'll feel better. And if those two don't immediately work, then I call somebody out and I help somebody. And that shifts everything for me. And that's how I never stay in those negative modes. There's so much wisdom in there. Um, So uh, one one thing that you talked about, you call someone and you help someone. So I, when, when you were saying that, I was thinking, oh, she'll, she'll call someone and, and maybe they will help you. Like you will ask them for support. So that, and so that was a surprise for me. What is it, what is it about helping someone versus the typical, like, you know, hey, can you help me? Mm. Cause most human beings, we just like to help others. And when we help others, we also get chemicals that like create like happiness. And when you help somebody, you really connect and you realize that, wow, like I am 
like even if you weren't meant to like help others, but just being able to give back already changes your state of mind. Like life isn't bad. So there's actually uh, one thing I do in, a, in my iPhone, I have a note section and I write down everything that I was ever scared of and then what happened afterwards and what the result was. So one would have been like skydiving. Oh my God, I was so scared. And then I remember the, the fear, not signing up, avoiding it. And then I enrolled some other friends to do it and we did it. And the feeling afterwards of free, like happiness. So all the times I actually went out of my comfort zone are like the best times. So anytime I'm making a crazy decision or I'm really scared about it, I go into my iPhone, I go in the notes section and I look at that. So when I was rejected somewhere or maybe um, because I was like for a Nike internship, I actually was rejected <laughs> twice. And finally, the third time I got in, but like I could have given up at that time. And so kind of like looking at it, all the things I did and I was like, yeah, I can do this. And then I pumped myself up. So I think that's why journaling is super important. I love that because being I think both of us are very rational and and uh, like systems I guess and and sometimes it's easy for us to forget all of those things that we did accomplish or that we did persevere through and we remember we remember that emotion of fear maybe it, it kind of trumps all the the reward emotions that we feel afterwards so the fact that you actually make a list of it and then and periodically go back and look at it. I think that's actually the most important part is is for all of us to consciously go back to this information that we've reflected on and and actively use it as a tool to remind ourselves that hey, you know, I have all these I call them notches on my belt of where I I could have let fear stop me, but I didn't and this was what happened. So, so that's, that's a really good. Yeah. I hope everyone creates it, that list. I call it the I'm possible list. Cause in my mind it was impossible. And then, you know, playing words, you know, I, I, uh, philosophy, uh, impossible means anything's possible. And Which then is really, really great for, yeah. uh, all possibilities, the it, podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and then the, the, and you pointed out something that was really important. It's taking the time to reflect. Most of us write and then we don't remember. And it's really just presencing all those things you've over, overcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that that is an action that that people can use more of, re-presencing all of what they've learned and, and realized about themselves, that they're actually more powerful than they than their little monkey mind thinks they are. So something else that you had mentioned that I thought was interesting about um, being aware of how you are being. So what does that mean? I guess maybe maybe humans humans should be human beings, right? And and I feel like we focus a lot more on doing or action. So what what is being for you and and how how do you become aware of that so it's kind of like let's just use a a crazy example like let's say that I was a person that was uh, scared of so my being is being scared so everything is like 
oh, I'm sitting on this chair, I could fall. So the actions I'm taking are based on fear and everything looks like something that's dangerous to me. And that's how I'm going to interpret and like my actions are based on how I'm looking through those lens and the lens is kind of scared or fear. Now, if I'm happy, a glass falls down and I'm like, oh my God, a glass falls down. Oh, well, I didn't need that glass. You know, you kind of frame it a little differently. It's basically looking your looking through your life through a certain sunglasses, I like to call them, and whatever tint that is for you. For me, the tint is being audacious, uh, being vulnerable, and um, those are the two big ones, I would say. Hmm. I like that game. For me, <laughs> it's being trusting and being playful kind of like you know when you're kids and you you're just so enraptured by the simplest things mm -hmm. like that sense of wonder like I remember looking at a dandelion which I guess is a weed but you know growing up in New York City <laughs> in the Lower East Side that's kind of all you have access to so I was like oh look at this beautiful flower and I, I feel like in that moment that's that's my goal in life is to recreate that moment of seeing something that gives me such awe and, and pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And imagine if everyone just walked around with like their tint, that their tints of sunglasses that they want to see their life go through, then their actions are totally different. Because if you were trusting, then you probably would take on more opportunities. Right. Right. And that's a big one when we talk about money too. Like I remember one of my former bosses um, I was relaying a story about how my mom and I took the Greyhound bus to go to Philly and it took hours upon hours just to get there. And he looked at me and he was like, well, you weren't really thinking, were you? You should have taken Amtrak. And at first my, I went into this whole like reaction of like, you know, like we didn't have the money for that kind of thing. And, and like, how could he say that? And, and all these things. And then looking back, I realized, yeah, I mean, we could have saved a lot of time <laughs> and angst and suffering. And um, so sometimes I, I use, you know, what would what would a rich person do? What would a rich person be? And and that takes some getting used to because, you know, I didn't really grow up with that. Mm. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about something that's been on my mind, which is that, you know, personal development is um, really great for kind of your own internal work. Maybe it's your own approach to a business, your approach to a fear, but that relationships and how you interact with another person, maybe a romantic partner, that gets to be even scarier sometimes. So we're going to dive into that when we come back after this. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, 
health and fitness, and lifestyle. Reach out to the Mouth Media team now at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Let's explore how we can collaborate and make Mouth Media Network a meaningful resource to share your message and grow your business. Again, that's podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. And we're back. So Tanya, why don't you share with us how you've used all of these tools that you've already talked about and this kind of approach to um, personal development in your relationships and specifically romantic relationships? Oh, good question. Um, So I always put my uh, business and my career first. And I never had problems dating. I was always in some sort of relationship. But once it got really serious, I would sabotage it, right? And sabotaging just because of fear probably of getting hurt. So if somebody asked me like, oh, do you want to get married or, or do you have trouble dating? I was like, no, no, like it'll come, whatever. Right around, I would say maybe the age of about 36 going on to 37, I really was like, you know what? I, I want somebody that complements like my life, right? And allows me to like have a teammate, literally just have a teammate to go out and just impact the world. And so I decided to put a structure, you know, I think everybody needs a team. So what that looked like is um, I dove deep into personal development, like any class I could take, I would take it. And I got to really get to know myself. And then I wrote down what my values are and what are the values I'm looking for another person. And at that time, the people in my team that I selected, you know, to hold me to account was one of them was my sister. And I remember saying, I want somebody ambitious. And she's like, okay. And she tested all my values. And she was like, so you want somebody who all of a sudden is like moving up the ladder or is a CEO and you're having lunch or dinner and he's telling you like, oh, look at, I'm barely working. All my employees are working. I'm like, ew, no. She goes, and you don't actually value ambition you of your values work ethic and I was like oh and then so I started listing um listing them and then I prioritized them what my values are then the second thing I did is um I actually told a group of people what I consider my default what is it when I'm about to swipe left or sabotage something so they held me to account So then another thing I did is I put myself on Tinder and I was just looking at things based on how people looked and I swiped, swiped because that's what Tinder is, right? (laughs) But I gave uh, to my second sister, my married sister, I was like, you swipe for me and whoever um, swipes back, I'll go on the date with them no matter what. I'm going to go on your opinion. Now, a married person, they don't look at the picture. They look at the description, that little description that there is. And so he chooses, she chooses, um, Daniel, which is now my future husband. And the funny thing is, I probably wouldn't have chosen him because one of his pictures was off. All the other pictures I thought were great, but one of them was off. What does that mean? Uh, like it was, I can't remember it now. Maybe it was a lighting or it was just like, I, it was one of those like, what age is he or, you know, like, is this a recent picture, an old picture? What's going on? And, um, but then he wrote how he's like passionate about traveling and, how he loves cooking, all this stuff. So my sister's like, oh yeah, he's great. And so we go on this date. So imagine 
baseline. And I didn't think I needed to do a picture. I didn't think I needed to do a description. So I also had a team of people around me who knew me, who helped me take pictures to do a description. So it was an all effort. Wow. And there were so many times that I call my default would have happened and I would have not been married to this amazing ind individual. So I think everybody should have a team and a team to kind of like bounce ideas to make sure your values are there and that whatever kind of scares you, they encourage you to be like, no, it's okay. This is just your, that ghost that appears. And <laughs> like I said last uh, recently that the, it's that ghost, a negative one that's like, I'm going to run away from this fear. And um, yeah, so we met and got married within seven months. Wow. And it's one of those things where it wasn't just, uh, some people say it's timing and luck. Yeah. But it really was a combination of like writing down like what you believe. I really thought, oh, that's the last thing I forgot. I actually put a date on when I was going to be in a serious relationship. And I wrote down how it was going to look like, how it was going to feel. Right. And I would have that email sent to me every single week. And then I also would have things written around my um, apartment about how I would be and what are my values. Because it's tricky, even though we have our values, some guy might come along and we're like, oh, that value is not that important. He's like great otherwise, but it's like, no, no, you got to make sure that the most important values are, are right there. So it was a team of people to help me to, dis to discover and, and really hold true to an amazing individual, my husband, who I'm allowed to, uh, who I get to create and like be just play such a huge game. I love it. <laughs> I love how you took the approach that you've has been a theme throughout your whole life and also, you know, through your business and you used it here with great success. Yeah. So you had talked about prioritizing your values and and I'm wondering, like, that sounds hard to, to be able to say, you know, this is the number one value and this is the number two or, or this is the one that's not even going to make it onto the list. So I'm curious, what, what were your maybe top three values and how do you prioritize them? Mm. So it's basically, I always, I had somebody to bounce ideas off of, right? So that was my sister. And what I really thought about is if I had to, like, if there was one thing that if I had to eliminate all the others, this one was the big one, that would be okay, right? So one of the big ones on the top three was family. Family's super important to me. So if somebody was not a family person, it wouldn't work out, you know? No other value could replace the family portion, you know? I can't make somebody be a family person. And you'd be surprised. You'd think that's obvious if you're a family person. But there's a lot of people who aren't family, meaning it's not about creating a family. It's being in a, in a big family atmosphere. And I come from a very close-knit family. So it's kind of like, you're welcoming to my fun, crazy family. Mm. <laughs> uh, the, the second one is really just a work ethic, right? I want it. And, and then the third one is um, being, like, passionate about, like, where I forgot how I phrased it, but it, it was basically being about fitness because how I, how, since I was young, how I relieved stress was always through fitness. So fitness was super important to me. 
And so those three things are kind of like what I value. And of course, there's another long list, but all the other ones is kind of like, um, actually, I wish I had that list. I should have brought the list. It would have been great. But, <laughs> and, and that's how I just looked at it. But I would suggest to anybody, have somebody really question you and put like uh, scenarios in your head, like, oh, if this person was this and they were doing this, would you be okay with that? It helps to have your sister who knows you so well and and that you trusted her to to have that kind of power really to to swipe for you and, and mm-hmm. say, Hey, you know, you're you're gonna go on a date with this one. And and yeah, I it's finding that that person who who knows you and who isn't afraid of telling you the truth. Or, or really helping you to to get to your own truth. And that can be kind of scary or painful sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's also giving the person permission to do so and making them aware that you no longer want to live the way you do, that you're really passionate. So how it was is I'm determined to find somebody who wants to play a big game with me. And what I've been doing is sabotaging my previous relationships and being scared. So I really want you to know when I'm doing my defaults and really guiding me when I'm kind of going in the gray area where the guy only does like one of my values, you know? And so that allows them to take a real big stand for you. Right. Not settling. Yeah. And saying, you know, I can have all these values. That's perfect. And then, and it happened before the date that you gave yourself the deadline. Yeah. I haven't, I didn't even meet him. I was just um, committed that it was going to happen. It's almost, it's like manifesting. I knew it was going to happen. Beautiful. I love it. I'm so, I'm so happy for the two of you and for the life that you have together and the life that you are creating together. So congratulations on that. Thank you. So at this point, we ask our guests to share with our audience how they can get in touch with you. And also, what is something that's important to you that you want to share? Maybe it's um, a cause that you believe in. It's um, maybe it's some words of wisdom, whatever it is that that you feel important that you'd like to leave with as your final thoughts. Great. So to get a hold of me, you can just email me at Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, at OwnersUp or go on the OwnersUp site. Um, And we're also doing a pilot program where we believe that every entrepreneur should have a team. So we're going to be having our software. um, Like we have different versions right now. There's just a version where you have a business coach and you're being put in the group. But now we're actually going to give it access to people in the idea stages so they can find people that they can have accountability groups and also leverage a software. Um, Something I'm passionate about is one of my sisters, uh, I'm on the board of her magazine. It's called Audacity Magazine. And it's um, it's a great magazine showing like individuals with a – with an able mind who might be disabled, right? So that's really cool. And um, thought is, I would say, do a vision board or write down your goals and put it on your computer as your screensaver and put it on your phone. 
And then just know that it's going to happen and look at it every day and subconsciously just know that you will manifest this. Mm, that's the important part. Know that it can happen. Yep. Or know that it will happen. Exactly. <laughs> and for the people in, who are in the idea stage and our entrepreneurs or who have a side hustle and want to be in our pilot program that we're just launching, we can get this going for you guys at $15 a month when we're going to be charging $50. Uh, just put Julie Chen and you'll be able to get that discount. Awesome. Thank you so much for offering that to our listeners who are in their idea stages. And I'm sure a lot of people have some side hustle and, and aspiring um, company that they want to start. So thank you for, for offering that. And thank you, Tanya, so much for, for being on the show today. I always love when you share your wisdom and your stories. And, you know, I, I acknowledge you for being the person who kind of poked and prodded me along <laughs> to, to be who I am today. And really it has been um, a ripple effect, not only in my life, but also in my family's lives as well and my clients. So thank you so much. And thank you for spreading the light and having me on this show and really uh, the reading to make it confirm what my passion and my purpose is. Awesome. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you got a lot out of the many tools and approaches that Tanya had talked about. Um, pick one for yourself, and, and I challenge you to, to actually commit to it for, for this week and even better for the next 30 days. So until the next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.